0: The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. I am so glad that you chose today to come and be a part of what God's doing here through our church online. Now, we are back live in our physical locations, both Oklahoma City and Norman, 930 and 11. But I just want to say thank you to you, uh, to you, church One, for being responsible and engaging online, even though we're open. And then two, just for your generosity and your faithfulness over these past two and a half months. This this has not been a season that I think has been really easy for any of us, but you have navigated it so well. And I'm thankful for who you are and what we are going to do because of what God has positioned us for. And I believe that we're positioned to see our community more than ever open their eyes and open their ears and hopefully open their hearts to some massive change. Because as we came back this week in, into the church offices, our, the first time we were in we were Monday on June the 1st. And what we did was we spent two hours somberly praying because our country's in chaos right now. The senseless killing of George Floyd, the the aftermath of that it's brought it's brought some good dialogue but it's also brought some senselessness even more so and and what do we do what do we do as a people when our country is a still suffering a pandemic and b then seeing racial injustice for all that it's worth what do we do and when i brought the staff together the, on Monday, one of the first things I said was, you know, I think one of the things we can do is pray. We can pray and, and we can unlock the power of God. And that's something we need to do. And what I had them do is something I do. Uh, if you've ever come forward during a prayer and response time, I'll ask a question. If, if you're having trouble articulating what it is that, that you want God to do in your life, I'll just say, hey, if in the next 30 seconds we prayed a prayer and God answered it right now and God answered it right now, what would you pray for? What would you ask him to do? And I asked that of our 11 full-time staff, and the answers were truly beautiful. For for many, it was to reconcile our nation, to bring harmony and unity and justice for the injustice. For for many of us, that that was the prayer. But then there are others who, it was much more personal. My, something going on in my family. If God were going to do something huge right now, I'd love him to do that. For one of our staff members, there's two people that if, if I prayed right now and knew that God was going to say, yes, I'm praying for these two people by name to come to faith in Jesus. And And I think... Today, churches, as as you're engaging with us online, if you're feeling the same weight and kind of the same burden that I think most of us are, what do we do in this time? I think prayer is one of the most profoundly powerful things that we can use in our arsenal to help create change. And it's so fitting that in our study through the book of Philippians, I think this is our fourth week now, uh, months ago we lined out the verses that we would be in today And we're in Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. So just a few verses. But they record Paul's prayer. Paul's the author of the book of Philippians. They record his prayer for the church in Philippi, a church that he loved, a church that was also going through their own trials at this moment. And after he'd said how thankful he is for them, he offers up this simple prayer. But... If you're wondering, what would I pray right now for our country? What would I pray right now for my family? What would I pray in this moment if I knew that God was going to say yes? I think we might be wise to steal every single word that Paul prays for this church in Philippi. They're profound. They're timely. They're important. And I hope today that through the Holy Spirit, we will get this and that this prayer will create change and bring healing to our land. Paul in Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11 says this This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best. How desperately we want to know that. So that we may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. They'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And that is for the glory and the praise of God. Paul's prayer is so fitting. Church in Philippi, Summit Church, our nation. I pray that our love will abound more and more. What do we need right now more than love? My thought is nothing. So that our love would abound more and more. Paul's already stated, okay, that, that their love, the church in Philippi, is great. It's great for him. He talks about that in Philippians chapter 4. They sent this huge gift to him. He's thankful for their love. We see that they are a generous church in 2 Corinthians. They they sent a love offering to the church in Corinth, even though they themselves were in a famine. They were in a financial crisis. But they said, hey, we don't have anything anyway. Let's just give. Let's be generous, so their love is exceptional. We already have seen that. We've talked about that in the previous weeks. But now, Paul's saying, here's my prayer. Here's, here's what I want. If God's going to answer it right now, I just want your love to abound and to grow more and more. Now, what is what is the word abound? What does it mean? How, how do we unpack that? I think that's important. It means to exceed, to make more, or to have excess. So he's praying this. Your love is already great, but I want it to exceed some kind of numerical standard. If this is the line, I want you to go above it. I want there to be more. I want you to make more of it. I want there to be this abounding of love. Make more of it. Have an excess of it. I want you to be able to love with an overflow. I don't want you to be dry in this. I want your love to exceed everyone's explanation, everyone's expectation. I want to see your love exceed what everyone would want. And this kind of love, this kind of love, it will impact. It will strengthen the church. It will transform our communities. And it can. It has the potential to change our world. Paul prays for this abounding love, more and more of this abounding love. And church, can I just say, we need this now. If God were going to hear our prayer and say yes to anything we asked, more love, I think, would be a fitting prayer. More love in this season. And now, what Paul's going to do is he's going to give kind of some steps to see this abounding love grow in our lives. I love when there's steps. It helps me see it. So let's just kind of start to build the staircase right now. For your love to abound more and more, you need to grow in knowledge and in discernment. That's Philippians 1, 9. So let's read it again. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Two terms there, two words, knowledge and depth of insight. The word knowledge there, specifically in the New Testament description, describes knowledge of things ethical and divine. So here's what that means. I want you to know ethically what is called of you, those who call upon the name of Jesus. And then I want you to know and experience the love of divine, the love of God. If you're going to abound in love, if there's going to be more and more of it. You've got to know, one, what the Bible says about ethically loving others, how fitting the only way we're going to know that is to know the love of the Father, the perfect love of the Father, the unconditional love of the Father, regardless of race, gender, creed, all of that matters none to God because he created all of us in his image. And his love for you is unconditional and true and pure and good. And in order for your love to abound, you need to know and experience his love. And then ethically, what it looks like to love our neighbors. That's the knowledge part. Then the depth of insight part. That word is better translated discernment, okay? Specifically moral discernment. Wisdom to know what is right. Now, I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but boy, I want to know. I want to know right now what is the right response. I want to know right now what is it that God is calling me to do? And the Bible tells us that in these moments where we feel like maybe we don't understand what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to respond, the Bible is clear that what we need to do in that moment is we need to ask for wisdom. We need to ask for discernment. James chapter one, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That wisdom will be given to you. I don't know if you felt the weight like I have over the last few days, over the last week of how to respond. One of the best things that we can do is pray and ask God to show us, give us discernment. What is my role in all of this? I'm a pastor. I'm a father. What am I supposed to do? I I, I honestly, I, I don't know. But when I'm lacking that direction, Paul says to abound in love, you need to grow in your knowledge and your discernment. And if you're lacking that wisdom for discernment, you need to pray and pray that God will give it to you because I know that he will. Now, love will abound when we seek ethical knowledge and experience God's love and we pray for discernment. Then we'll be able to, verse 10, that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. The word in verse 10 for discernment is different from the one in verse 9. That's why the NIV translates them differently. The phrase is differently. It's a slightly different term. It means to be able to test or approve. So to abound in this love, to do so more and more, you need knowledge, you need discernment. But once you've received that wisdom from God, I think it only comes from God, then you're going to be able to test and to know exactly what you're doing and that that is correct. And this is what I want. And it makes me think of Romans 12, two. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, and only then, once God has done his work, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. To have the wisdom, the knowledge, the discernment, to be able to test your ethical and moral response. Not just in seasons like this, but I'm saying in general, in life, that is good. And what Paul says is that by you growing in that, the fruit of it will be you will abound in love. And then also you will be blameless and pure. Not only before God, which is very, very, very important, but you'll be blameless and pure amongst the community without fault, because your actions have been produced out of a wisdom and a love that comes from God. And since he's in control and over all of this, what a beautiful thing to be able to say that I am walking in accordance with the good, pleasing, perfect will of God. That brings me hope in the midst of this chaos. So I say, Jesus, please come transform me with your Love, transform me so that I might be saved from this broken world, and that I will know your will, so that I might abound in your love, so that one day I might get to stand in front of you, my Lord, and hear you say, "Well done." You loved people well. You didn't use your grace as a license for sin. You chose not to cause others to stumble because of my discernment, because of the wisdom I gave you, you actually chose what was best. And then he says, now come and rest. Blameless and pure until the day of Christ Jesus. That's what this abounding love is offering to us who will humble ourselves and pray this powerful prayer. If we're going to change our communities, if we're going to take on this work, We need to understand. We need to understand that what we have heard in social media for the last week is true. It's so true. We must do better. But how in the world do we know what is better? Ask the one who knows. Ask the Father who will allow you to grow in abounding love more and more, to gain knowledge and discernment, Ask him what is better because his will is perfect. We have to do better. We have to do better. And I believe Paul is giving us a formula to know what that is. And I know that gives me hope. Abounding love will allow you to grow in knowledge and discernment. Abounding love will do what is best because God has given you wisdom to possess that knowledge. And abounding love will be characterized by fruit in your life. Verse 11, Philippians 1, verse 11. You will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Jesus in his ministry talks repeatedly to his followers and says, hey, if people can't see the fruit of me in your life, then you're not living correctly. And he says this because he goes, you are simply branches, I'm the vine. I'm the one that you need to be connected to. I'm the one that's the source of your life. And so because of me, there's going to be fruit, the fruit of righteousness in your life. It's gonna be seen in a lot of different ways, but it's going to only come and be produced if I am the one who's making you righteous. Because if we haven't seen anything in the last few weeks, none of us are righteous, not one, but there is one who is righteous and he imputes upon us his righteousness. And the only way that we're gonna have fruit of righteousness is to be connected to that. that vine. The one that will allow and enable us to do what is right and good in our lives, not just in seasons of chaos and craziness, but in seasons of good and of plenty. To know that we will bear fruit that comes from Jesus Christ. That is our goal. It will produce good deeds. It will produce generosity in our lives. Evangelism. Loving your neighbor well. These are just some of the fruits of righteousness that will come from being connected to the vine, speaking up for the oppressed and being the hands and feet of Jesus. This is the fruit that Paul prays for the church in Philippi. And this is the fruit that I think we church need. We need to see it lived out in our lives because of the abounding love that God has for us because of the righteousness that Jesus has given us through faith in him. These are the kind of fruit that are going to transform our communities. And look at the very last piece, okay? Very last phrase in in verse 11. It's so powerful. All this comes from Jesus, but it's for the glory and the praise of God. So Paul knew even in this prayer to give credit where credit is due. Church in Philippi, I want you to abound in love more and more but this is ultimately from Jesus and it is for the praise and the glory of God. That's why we do what we do. So in conclusion today, I I just, I want to ask this, God, call your people to humble themselves and pray. Call your people to prayer. For I feel like it is a justified response in this season. And when your people have humbled themselves and prayed, then you will hear their prayers from heaven and you will come and you will heal their land. That is the promise that you've given us. So my prayer, my prayer for today, I'm gonna steal it from Paul, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best, so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus, so that you may be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes only through Jesus Christ. This is for the glory and the praise of God. Church, how do we respond today? abound in love. If that is impossible then that's probably because you have not experienced the abounding love of Jesus Christ And can I tell you today how much he loves you and how much he desires for you to call upon him to come and heal you to come and restore you and renew you and transform you. Pray that the people of God will abound more and more. If you haven't been praying, then start to pray. This is how we respond. Pray that our world will learn to abound in love. And say with me, Jesus, we need you. So come, Father. Hear the prayers of your people as we humble ourselves and ask you to come and heal our land. Move in and through each and every one of us and help us today to abound more and more in love. Your love, the love that our world needs, the love that each of us need, and the love that has the power to transform. Come and do that in the name of Jesus, for the praise and the glory of you, Father. Amen. Thank you, church, for joining us today. We love you so much. When you're ready, we'd love for you to come back and join us in our four walls. But until then, go be the hands and feet of Jesus and go show abounding love to all those that you come into contact with.